Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration. And today's episode features part two of my chat with Gail Thompson Guy and John Guy. Listen in to learn about the creation and importance of UUCC's endowment fund, what sparks hope for them about UUCC's future, and they'll also share some favorite memories from their decades of service to this community. So since we're talking about money, I have another question about money to ask you both. Both of you played a big role in founding UUCC's endowment fund. Can you tell us a little bit about the endowment and its importance? Oh, yeah. That was the coolest project ever. We were asked to work with Eileen Henderson to take what was then a $5,000 endowment fund and get it to shape and form. We had resources. Some of those resources came from the UA, and they were gracious about loaning me their documents to us to be adapted. We knew we wanted the money separate from the operations fund. And so that it is in fact a separate invested pot of money. That money, because it's invested, makes money. Those earnings at the discretion of the endowment board can be given within certain guidelines that it has to do with 5% of the budget at the board besides how to spend it. That earnings pot is going to be used for special projects. So that's kind of what we put together. The charter was approved by the congregation at a special meeting. It was clear then and needs to be said again many times that only the congregation can tap the principle of that endowment fund if the congregation finds itself in dire straits. In our history, we once had such a crisis that in fact, part of our membership broke away. The result was that that year's budget could not be met because those people, of course, did not continue to pay their pledges. We needed an endowment fund. We didn't have it. Though. It was a terrible struggle for survival. When was that? 1991. And that was, that was a very unhappy time. Yeah, it does not sound pleasant. No, it never is. However, in the recovery research that we did, we also learned that congregations of all churches at some point often have these terrible internal upheavals. Sometimes it's over a minister, sometimes it's over budgeting, sometimes it's over building, sometimes it's over values. Yeah. But it just happens. It it's hard to take a large group of people and get them to pull together all the time. Of course. 
but it's critical that they do it. I have one other thing to add to Gail's eloquent descriptions of survival and crisis and new opportunities. The biggest reason to me, it's an announcement, having an endowment fund is an announcement to the congregation and the community that we are a congregation in perpetuity. We've had a past, we have a present, and by gosh, we're going to keep working to have a future. I find that extremely important in in the 21st century when things get thrown out throughout the economy and throughout the nation because, hey, worn out. Nope. UUism in Howard County is not going to get thrown out. It's going to keep growing and thriving here in Columbia, Howard County. The other thing I want to comment on is the quality of investment and management of the funds. We spent three years from 2003 to 2005 putting this together. And I knew it was going to be a new adventure for the place. And I have been positively stunned and amazed and delighted with the quality of service and attention that the endowment boards have given to that fund. It is phenomenal. And it's every, it's more than any congregation should expect. Annually, we've been getting somewhere in the order of 10% growth on those funds. Phenomenal. Yeah. Really good investments. Thank you. So if we look forward a bit, and I know you've been talking about the endowment, and that's probably going to be part of your answer. What keeps each of you hopeful about UUCC's future? Hmm. A wonderful, endless, seemingly endless talent in this group. I have never known that we're smarter or more talented whenever anything comes up where there's an opportunity or a need for something. Somebody steps forward. We had people who brought us performance art, and we had people willing to share things like analytical talent when there were complicated things to work out. It it doesn't seem to matter what it is. Even if we need somebody to take care of the Sunday morning nursery, somebody steps forward. I can add to that. I agree with Gail highly about the capabilities and the energy in this congregation. It is action-oriented, and we suffer when we don't do action. So we need more attention to getting actions going. And I will also say this. I am excited about our staff, and I'm watching you you folks get started, and you're doing amazing work, even in the confines of the pandemic. You're keeping this place alive, and I see some of the things that you're starting to do about getting some challenges to people to bring those skills out. One of the things that bothers me about our congregation is all that talent that stays hidden. I'd love to see that talent be challenged and they feel like they're ready to stand up and make something happen. Unitarianism is the home of liberal religion. We are the force of liberal religion in Middle Maryland. There's nobody else to offer it. And sitting in Columbia, we have the most unique city. And I want to see us pick up on them. We can do a whole lot more than what Boston is asking us to do. I loved both of your answers. Thank you. So to close. Can you share a favorite memory of your time at UUCC? I don't know whether you'd call it a favorite, but it was certainly memorable. Okay. Uh, 
Once upon a time, the church telephone traveled <laughs> to the presidency. In other words, the phone number changed to the house number of whoever was president. And it was listed in the phone book that way. Well, that meant when David was president and I was at home with babies, I answered the phone. And the phone rang one day, and a woman began babbling away in a panic. She told me, I'm Jewish, but I can't talk to my rabbi about this. So I thought I'd come to you. I thought, well, here it comes. <laughs> Her six-year-old son wanted a Christmas tree, and she didn't know whether she should let him or tell him why he shouldn't. And with a little conversation, I determined that, in fact, she didn't know whether he should have a Christmas tree or not. So I tried reassuring her that whatever she decided, he would accept because kids do that. They accept what their parents tell them. And we discussed, you know, what is the symbolism of a Christmas tree and all this kind of stuff. We talked for almost an hour. Gradually, she calmed down a little bit. And then finally, she, we hung up. I never knew what she decided. But I was very aware that with no training of any kind at that time in my life, I was running a hotline. <laughs> it was a real deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I have to say thank you to Hannah and the rest of the staff for what you guys do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's part of the gig. <laughs> the big theme for me is the word celebration. Unitarians can celebrate instead of being pontificate. And in fact, celebration is one of the things that holds us together. My fond memories of Unitarianism, and especially UUCC, are the memorial services. My introduction to this campus was, as Gail said, David Marjoram's uh, memorial service which was absolutely beautiful, talked about all the wonderful things he did and was. And, of course, the, the memorial service I remember the most is the one that was done for my beautiful singer. Uh, and I'll never forget it. I won't talk too much about it, but I will tell you that Karen Hamming singing My Green Cathedral, which was a song that Seeger picked out. She picked out all the music for the service. My Green Cathedral was the love of forestry. Seeger had spent 50 years turning it family forest, which had been in the family since 1888, into a top-notch sustainable forest location, which is now in perpetuity. Chuck Palahniuk recorded all of it, and he made an album for it with a jacket, pictures of my gardens back in my yard. And when people do things like this with each other, it's just absolutely beautiful. Now, there's one new thing going on that John Harris started in The Season Souls. We, we have in our Season Souls program, he said, you know, it'd be kind of nice to know more about our people before they die. So once a year in Season Souls, we have a program that says, tell us something about you, self, that nobody else knows about before you die so we can celebrate with you. So our celebration is not only memorial services, but it's become part of the day-to-day -day program of the senior citizens, senior members. That's enough for me. Thank you both so much. 
for this for this gift of time and for all you bring and have brought to you cc and will continue to bring your good eggs as my grandmother would say (laughs) (laughs) our pleasure (laughs) and we love what you're doing sarah thank you i love my work i love my work see you again next week for another chat We invite you to support our podcast by subscribing to Rooted and Reaching on Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts. Have a good week and see you soon.